0: Hey everybody, we are back with another edition of KC Music Talk. I have a wonderful guest today. He is a bass player here in town, uh, Steve McBride. How you doing? Hey man, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Hey, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, we, we got to jam at your jam last Thursday. That was really fun. Yeah, that's always a fun time down there. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I haven't talked to you a ton, but we played together at jams, you know, a handful of times for sure. Um, so for everybody, tell tell everybody a little bit about your gigging history. And and how you kind of got to here a little bit musically? Okay, um, well, probably like most
1: you know professional musicians, my, my dad was a musician, so I started playing with him. Uh, you know, I th- the earliest that I can remember was I was six. Mm-hmm. You know, and they would have band rehearsal in the basement, and, mm-hmm. and I was and I always seemed to end up being the bass player because for some reason the bass player couldn't make it that night or whatever. So that's kind of how I got my start. But I mean, I started in, um, uh, from there, I started playing, you know, in grade school and and played all the woodwind instruments because that's all we had. And then uh, when we got to high school level, junior high school level, um, I switched over and started playing uh, bass guitar and the, the jazz band and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where it really kicked in for me. I had a couple of key teachers and junior high, and then they went to high school, um, and that's where I really got in super tight with them, was in high school, and actually was able to go out and gig with them on Ooh. some of their jazz gigs. Ooh. And uh, there was two two main ones that, that just really, really
0: inspired me a bunch. Your private teachers or the school?
1: that They were at school, at school? Yeah, yeah, at school. And um, uh, they really, really pushed, to, you know, that if you think this is what you want to do, then practice your ass off mm-hmm. and learn as much mm-hmm. as you can learn yeah. about everything mm-hmm. so that you give yourself that opportunity to uh, be able to play anything and everything, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it all pays. Mm-hmm. At some point in time, it's all right. going to pay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, being a kid, I was like, no, I want to play this and but I could see that from going out and doing some gigs with them. It's like, no, oh, this this pays, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's a real job. So I kind of started in professionally, I would say mm-hmm. that way because that's I started making money at it. Yeah. So
0: Um. And that young, I'm sure that was yeah nice. I, oh to, yeah. To be making money already. Yeah, because
1: you know? I was piss poor broke. Mm-hmm. We were
0: we were. Yeah, yeah I mean,
1: I didn't even have a base. Until I got into um, uh, my senior year, I I had to use the electric bass, an old Gretsch hollow body electric bass that uh, the high school had, Mm -hmm. and then an old upright bass that they had that they Mm -hmm. used. And that I wouldn't have been able to do any of that without the teacher.
0: So you play upright a little bit, or you know how? Yeah, played uh, played uh,
1: upright all the way through through. high school. Um, um, You know, all the orchestra classes played all the trained classically the whole bit. So you were an orchestra then? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Oh cool. Yeah, and then uh, one year one year of college and uh, <laughs> learned real fast, I'm not gonna be a music teacher. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> so that next year, and, and played in a bunch of bands while I was down there. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't take any of the classes I was supposed to take. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take the theory classes and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And didn't take any of the basic stuff that I was supposed to take, you know. Mm-hmm. Math and sign, no, I didn't do any of that. Right. And, um, but I figured it out that summer that I was like, no, that's not, that's not gonna be for me. So I uh, came back and spent the next year in town um, just gigging around town uh-huh. a little bit with different bands and just kind of getting, you know, used to the, the scene because it was a really cool scene then. This would have been 78, 79. Yeah. And it was a really cool scene because there were house gigs. I mean, there were places to play five, six nights a week mm-hmm. as the house band. Yeah, wow. And that was just super. One of the one of the first places I ever played um, as a regular gig was um, out on East Forty Highway, out by kind of where the stadium is. Mm-hmm. The place is still there now. It's a strip club, but. Um, <laughs> Place called Club Michaels mm-hmm. it was a six night a week gig you know Yeah, wow. um, I got called to to go in with a new band to take place of the the old house band which the old house band had Farley Compton, Ed Riggs, mm-hmm. uh, Greg Shawberg um, and somebody else I forget who it was but anyway that's that's where I got my first taste of you know you can actually make a living doing this mm-hmm. And uh, so I did that for quite a while. Um, I got an opportunity to jump on a tour bus and and play country, mm-hmm. which I hadn't done a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was pay- It was a paying gig. Mm-hmm. You know, they paid for. They took care of your clothes. They took care of, you know, because right. we had outfits and everything. They took care of your clothes. It took care of your food. Took care. Of, you know, they did everything. They just sure at the end of the week. You yeah, got wow. You got cash money at the end of the week. For, you know, yeah, 17, 18 year old getting the. So there was yeah that caused wow. some problems because <laughs> on
0: your days off, you know, mm, yeah, It's not not much to do except get in trouble or practice. Oh yeah, know? yeah, sure. Which well, there was a lot of that, so but. so. Let's talk about that for a second. So you, I think, I think what you said is that you had some teachers that were talking about. There might be some stuff that you don't really want to do, right. but if you do them, it's going to pay off in yep. the end, and I think that's that's something that I've thought about a lot, and we talked a little bit about that on the show, about some of the, as far as I'm concerned, some of the blues guys in town, they want to do their blues, and that's fine. Sure. There's no problem with that whatsoever, but then when it comes to like, they, they've just decided I'm doing blues, and that's it, yeah. and then you have other guys, I think probably, obviously you would fall in this category where... And definitely we did this in orchestra because you don't get to pick the songs. You don't get to, they, they kind of tell you and you kind of do it and, and it's it's still fun, you know, but you don't get to choose everything and eventually sometimes you can see the benefit of that. And oh, then yeah. You just mentioned country that yeah. maybe that wasn't your favorite, but notice what, the, what has happened now. Now at a gig, you know, they drop, uh, you're cheating hard or something on you and you're like, okay, Da, na, na, yeah. da, and you just Done do it a it billion times yeah, yeah and yeah. so or any anything country-ish and you have a clue now right. you know and so like do you like what would you what would you say to all those guys that are not you know are kind of emotionally not willing to do that what would you say to them
1: well to, to a certain extent you've you've got to learn all the basic stuff mm-hmm. you just do um, if you don't you're gonna be one of those um jammers or one of those players you know that the weekend warriors are going to mm. be one of those that you know when the other players come around or people that actually know theory or that trained you know mm. they are going to be the ones in the crowd going well that's not right that's mm. not right oh mm. they missed that change oh, that's not should have been a two minor there not a right, five right, no, right. Yeah, all yeah. of that mm-hmm. stuff and and so you've got to broaden that out I, I think especially as a drummer or a bass player you've om- you've almost got to do that mm-hmm. because if you if you can you can work anywhere mm-hmm. on any gig and then later on you're gonna get those calls hey you know we, we don't have a bass player this week mm-hmm. can you fill in we'll, yeah. sure man what kind of gig we're playing it's nothing but a polka you know a psychedelic polka band okay no problem mm-hmm, yeah you know and then you go and you fit that fit that role you know a lot of it's role playing right you know but you, you've you you've got to have a taste of all of that stuff and know you know that that's why all the studying you know the, the being being classically trained you know you had to you had to learn to read the church you had to sight read yeah you know you, you had to learn all the theory you had to do all of that stuff I mean one of the great things that um, one of our orchestra teachers would always do, and we thought it was stupid at the right. time. But um, you probably did this too. Is that like the base You know, everybody would have a piece of music, and you'd you'd play it for a week or two weeks or something like that. And then one day the 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 director would come in and go, "Okay, everybody, pass your charts five seats to the left." <laughs> well, you may be having to read a cello part as oh, a bass wow. player, yeah, or yeah. a French horn part yeah, wow. as a bass player, hmm. you know, and okay, everybody take a look at it, give you five minutes, and then boom, here you go.
0: Yeah, wow, well, we never did that. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great Correct. sight reading, you know. Well, I mean, you're going to have to transpose that, yep. right, because yep. they're an F. Exactly, yeah, and no matter what it is. Or, gotta, or bass clef, etc.
1: Like. Yes, and know how to hmm. read, you know, know how to read that stuff. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of that that stuff that people don't think about, but that's basic skills of being able to play, you know, you're cheating harder. Now we're going to do a Bonnie and Delaney tune or Mm. now we're going to do a whatever. Okay, well, even if I haven't played it before, but if I've heard it or I kind of know where it goes Mm. or I can look over and see where the guitar player is going or something like that, I can pretty much tell where they're gonna go, and knowing theory and the structure of where it should go, because mm-hmm. a lot of times you might just be ge- guessing, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, at least having an idea of how that flows musically, mm-hmm. you know, you can cover, you can cover anything, and you can, consequently, you can play. Sure. With all these other and, with, and play so the games. with
0: with those guys because because a lot of the a lot of the decent players are going to hear that answer and go like well yeah i mean of course you know but my problem is some of those other guys I have been fascinated recently about like philosophy and stuff, and and I've been thinking a lot about the like the starting premise of an argument that it starts here, and then everything falls off of that. Right. Well, my thing is that you're starting with the premise that well, of course, everybody would want to get good. You would think. You know, and then that that's what pisses me off is yeah. that it, like especially at the jams, for example, is that I'm starting with the premise that yeah, I mean, I want to get up there and be able to handle everything. Right. Literally, you know, and. But they don't, right? No, like okay. I said, they yeah. want to. They they just care about their blues. and right. That's fine, and and they don't care about that. Yeah, you know, and that and so in, in regards to bands, like that is extremely frustrating to a oh, million yeah. of us. Oh yeah, you know, you get into a band and you're like, well, let's make this really good, and they're all, all like, eh, you know, and and so that and I've talked about this a lot too. Is what is the what is the solution to that? And definitely ten years ago, I would have gone, no, no, no. You sit them down and you you talk to them and you know you just yeah. show them the light and they come to Jesus meeting right. and all the, and then everybody and their mother has said, no. The solution is you go find other people, find other people you or know find that, that band. think yeah. the same, and and I'm yeah. like, yeah, but you, you know, like yeah, because you know, you, can
1: you, all, you you only want to. And this kind of sounds bad, but you only want to waste your time doing that for so long because it doesn't yeah. does take long to find out whether that person wants to mm. and is accepting to what you're trying to tell them right. or not. And if they're not, then don't waste your time. Yeah. Move, move on to, because there are a thousand of them out there to take right. the place that will. Right. You know. And I, I know what you're talking about. A lot of the, a lot of the people that, that, oh, I'm just a blues player. A lot of times, I think that's a crutch. They say that because that's all they've listened to because they learned three chords. Right. Yeah. All blues is not three chords, but they've yeah. learned the three or four or five chords that they think that they need to play blues. Right. But you move that to B flat or E flat or... Yeah. you know, Or you say G sharp to them and they're like, uh, uh, can't we just do this in C? Yeah. Because that's the only chords right. that they've learned. Which, you know, I, I had. I, I harkened this back to the, what the, my teachers had taught me, too. When, one of the things that I learned on the road from another set of teachers, um, and that, that being the older musicians that I was mm. traveling around with, was um, we, we spent a lot of time in Nashville going in and out. Mm. And that was kind of the home base. And one of the other things that we had to learn down there was. If you didn't know the what we, well, we just called the number system. Oh now. yeah, I did that. Yeah. If you didn't learn the Nashville number system, mm-hmm. you weren't going to work anymore. Right. Yeah. You, know? you were not going to work because they may not say this is in the key of C. Mm-hmm. They're going to say it's in C, but it's a you know it's a fifty-five eleven start. Well, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's five chord to five chord, one chord, one chord, and that's your intro, and then you go to the the verse mm-hmm. or course or whatever the it is in the song, you know. So it's a lot of this on stage in the middle of the song or as you're yeah. learning it, you know. And you'll you'll notice that a lot of times I'm hollering across the stage or mouthing across the stage to Phil, mm-hmm. or he does it to me too, Phil yeah. Yeah. Um, uh you know, Two, two, you know, two minor. Right. Or two minor would be this way, sideways. You know, three. is going to go to the four. Yeah, you know, or whatever yeah. it is. And we look, you know, while I'm doing this,
0: you know. Um, so you guys are throwing gang signs to each other. Yeah, stage, exactly.
1: It, it looks like that a lot of times. It looks like that, but you know, they're again learning the structure. Yeah. Back to theory. Yeah. If you know that you're going to do an intro or you're going to do the head, mm-hmm. and then it goes verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Well, you just—it just, just got to go through one time mm-hmm. of doing that, and then you should know. Now it's going back to the verse. I can tell it's going back to the verse by the way it sounds, so I know I'm going back to right. whatever you know, whatever it is. So learning that also. So it's like you know, three different sets of languages. I mean, you got you got your notation that you need mm-hmm. to learn to be able to read, because that's one whole set of musical styles, right. which means jobs, money. Mm-hmm. And then you've got people calling chords or chord charts. So Nashville, they do chord charts also. Sure. Okay, so they, they won't necessarily have the individual notes, but you'll have the, the chord structures across there. And then you've got the number system. So you got three different languages, mm-hmm. really. But if you can learn those basics like that, mm-hmm. you know it will enhance everything else that you're doing, and it makes you a better player, and mm-hmm. it makes you... A more valuable player sure yeah and it makes people at the jams and stuff want to play with you more Mm -hmm. than maybe somebody else that they don't know that they've already heard and we know what he's gonna do he's Mm -hmm. gonna do stormy Monday and he's gonna do it wrong and then he's gonna do (laughs) this one and he's gonna do that one wrong you know those things you know but you still have to be able to play those and get them through too. I mean, if it's if it's your gig or sure, you're you're right. on stage with right. it at the time, so it it helps to have all of those skills, mm-hmm. you know, to 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 be able to, to to pull that stuff off. Right. And it it just you just got to study it, and but it's it's tough to get. I mean, to me at my age now, it, depending on how fun the gig is, I, I don't, I won't. I'm very. I'll, I'll take that long mm. to say, hey, man, this is this is where that goes. With and they either, you can tell by looking, you know, you've seen it. Mm. That you can tell by looking at them, they either understand what you're saying or they don't have a clue and they don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't want to, okay, not a problem. Mm. But we're still going to play it this way. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah.
0: Still going to play it right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and that's tough. That's yeah. tough. Too. Yeah you talked a little bit about or or one one thing that is always nice when i go to your jam is that when anybody calls like anything from the 70s you've already played it yeah. you know yeah. that's that's really yeah. nice and yeah. and the and that's a, a thing that happens a lot at the blues jams where you have you know these like 40% shuffles and then you got another 20% funky and yeah. then another 20% slow <laughs> yeah. and then you, but you got that other handful of when somebody calls it like a country tuner and, and, sure. and that that's one thing that I it's it's unfair to only call out the blues guys for this because e- almost every genre kind of guys and I'm, I'm stereotyping here but I, the classical guys yeah. they don't want to come and play country mm-hmm. in general right. some de- yeah. you know the country guys they're like oh oh jazz right you know and like but uh, definitely they're like I, I've just I've just noticed that and it's and you can tell the guys like uh like Steve Andrew is one. He'll do some rock stuff. Sure. He, yeah. You guys do a lot of rock yeah, tunes at your jam. And uh I found probably of of the Bunch, not playing wise, but but listening wise, the jazz guys that I've met are the most eclectic. Like like loving loving music, right? right? They love a lot of different a kinds of, of stuff. Kind. They, it's not necessarily that they'll want to go play everything, right? But they'll love all the stuff. They'll listen know, to it anyway. They'll listen it. to it. You yeah. know, their their ears are open in that sense. And that's also another thing. Like we were talking about, the guys that are interested in willing to come out and play different kinds of stuff and oh, guys yeah. are all like, oh, that's Jay, you know we had this other one I was playing it. I've told this story uh, th- that we we were at uh it was a big group it was it had like a string quartet horn section I mean there's 15 of us on the stage and we were at record bar. And we played all this rock stuff. And then he had this one song that was like this Latin jazz thing. It was oh, like cool. a samba, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he starts getting into it. And you could tell the whole crowd, you know, all these girls are like, oh, what's yeah. going on here, you know? And the jazz, the guy was a jazz drummer, and I knew him a little bit. And after the song, I look back at him, I'm like, see, these guys all like jazz. They yeah. just don't know they do, sure, you know. Sure. They, they're just pretending, and they've sure. not, or they've not been exposed. Well, see, you and, and,
1: and you touched on it there with the... The thing about uh, about country, too, and, and anybody that spends any time in Nashville at all and 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 plays at any of the gigs or anybody that's on the either the A or the B list as far as studio call-outs mm-hmm. for working there, all of those c- cats all know the same deal, and, and it is this, that you play the gig that puts food on the table mm-hmm. and you do it in the style it's supposed to be done and then when it's when you're done with that on your off time when you're done with your set everybody would go to the after hours club and we'd play jazz stuff right all right. night long yeah just total way out right. weather report fusion yeah, stuff right. mm-hmm. you know yeah. and there would be these you know people up there cowboy boots and western shirts and stuff yeah. like that you'd think yeah. you know but they start then they start playing the stuff that they love mm-hmm. you know And that's not to say they didn't love the country stuff, but it's, it's being open to Mm -hmm. all of that stuff and not, you know, just not having the blinders on because it it all, it's all going to pay. It's all going to benefit you Mm -hmm. in some form or another, because if the country stuff is played the right way, it's hard.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Because there are certain, it's not just boom, 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 boom. mm, Yeah. No, it's not. And, um, Even the old style country stuff, there's form and and fit to all of that stuff. And you can, if you go back and study it and
0: listen to it, you can see, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. We've talked about that on the show too a lot. And what I I found with uh, blues as well, but country especially, is that especially when I was back in college, we had a lot of us 20 year olds that were just, you know, ready to like do stuff. And for example, basses and drummers fill in every five seconds yeah. and and my as far as I can tell I think what's hard about countries you have to just stay there yeah you have that have the discipline to just stay in your pocket and not do the fills yeah. all the time yeah. and you want to kill yourself you know because it's it's so boring it seems so boring it can be, but, yeah, sure. but it's the discipline of making yourself stay there and for like for me it's it's making yourself do five fills through the whole song and not ten right you know it, it's like just just sit for a second yeah, calm down. It's what okay, you don't play, you know, yeah. and yeah, it's what you—it's all the space and yeah. like, and so like, that's uh, that. Obviously, in classical and jazz, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it's it's technique. I mean, you sure. you just can't play that crap at five years old, you know. It's yeah, oh, no. you know, yeah. it's way too hard. But uh, but that's what uh, that's what I think is hard about country is you have to just kind of, especially as a drummer and a bass player. Where you don't, you know, check, check a bitty bitty check, no, it's just boom check. It's straight through, yeah. yeah. Um, and and you've got the, the other thing
1: there, and and it's it's with it's with everything, but you have to be you have to listen to what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. You have that's why I said if you if you're really truly listening to what the other people are playing, you're gonna know where that song's gonna go, even if you've never heard it, yeah, never played it before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're gonna know where it's gonna go. Because you're gonna feel it. It right. it it will tell you. You know, like country's a great way. Um, Bobby DeMoss, uh great steel player, played with him for years down at uh, Middle Creek Opry with Eliza Chastain. I did mm-hmm. that with them down there for years and years. Um, Bobby is one of those ones where even if it's a country song you've never heard it before, you can. T- he will take you to where it's gonna go.
0: Right. Yeah. If
1: you're listening as the root player, mm-hmm. you know, which really you should be the one directing it. Mm-hmm. If you're listening and it's a song that you don't know, if you listen to him, he's uh, he's yeah. leading you to where it's it's got mm-hmm. to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to go. Yeah. You know, so it's it's those things of 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 listening and stuff. Sometimes I think the some of the blues people at mostly just at the jams the, the people that that travel around and make a living at playing the blues mm-hmm. they figured this stuff all out right? yeah. I mean they otherwise they would they'd be the same as anybody else in any other town so I'm not really talking about them I'm talking mm-hmm. about like the some of the jammers yeah um if if you're not listening to the other people that you're playing with then you're missing out Mm-hmm. because there's a lot of other stuff going on. And that's where it also gets crazy at some of the jams is because people aren't listening and it's not just a jam thing. It's, it yeah. could be any kind of yeah. band for this, but they keep turning up. They keep turning mm-hmm. up. They keep turning up. They keep mm-hmm. turning up. You know, oh, I can't hear myself. Turn, turn me up in the monitors. We, you know, as a sound guy, cause I, that's the other thing that I, that I do all, all yeah. the time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All the time. Um, as a sound guy, it's if you if you were to say that to me, the first thing that I would come back you're with down. is yeah. then you need to turn down. Yeah. Because if you can't hear what the guitar player on that side of the stage is playing, mm-hmm. then you're playing too loud. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for him. If he can't hear what you're playing, then he's playing too loud. Yeah. You've got to play at a at a level that you can all hear each other. Great example of that is, um, I've done sound for uh, Marty Stewart a bunch of times, and um, that is by far the quietest stage volume mm-hmm. that I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. It's de- depending on which ones he has with him. It's it's either a six or seven piece band mm-hmm. on stage.
0: Yeah, it's and with seven all pieces, killer, it's all still, killer players, you
1: know... all killer players, and you and I having this conversation we would be booed out of the club because we would be louder than the Yeah, band. wow, yeah. But it's because they're all listening to each other. Mm-hmm. And then you can hear everything that's going on. It's like as a kid, you know, in my era, we had 45s and mm-hmm. ooh, now there's 33s, <laughs> you know, now there's albums. And you would put it on the big console and you would get down on your hands and knees in front of the speaker and listen to it, mm. you know, so that you could hear everything and feel everything. And it's, it's that level thing. If, if you can't hear everything else that's going on on stage, you've got to turn down. And as a, as a bass player and then drummers too, John Hobbs is great at this, mm. um, who plays with us at the, mm-hmm. at the firehouse. Greg Schauberger is great at this. Terry Hancock's great at this. It as a, as a bass player and or a drummer, you can kind of control that. Mm-hmm. If if you automatically... If they're getting too loud and you just back it off by half... Yeah. Just because. Even in the middle of the song. Just back it down by
0: half. And doesn't it seem like...
1: Then it's, the bottom feels falls out to them. And then they panic and they start looking around. But yeah. they're listening.
0: Yeah. Doesn't it seem like even... like average players kind of get that yes they, they just can feel that they're like oh this i don't like this yeah. i'm gonna turn down because because he because you just feel weird yeah right yeah, yeah.
1: and a, and a lot of them it's because
0: oh now i'm out here by myself yeah. I, yeah. I be, yeah I
1: better turn down a little bit yeah exactly
0: yeah <laughs> so like switching to base specifically like what are some things that because this show is kind of mostly for like 20s aged people to get some advice you know for bass players specifically, what are some things that kind of amateur bass players do that like drives you nuts or that, oh. you know, that, that like, or, or things that, that you know really good bass players do? Maybe that's a better way to put it. Yeah. You,
1: you know, I, one of my pet peeves on that is, is playing too loud, but, but it, probably even more than that is playing way too much. Yeah. You know, I, the, and part of that is probably because of the way I was trained classically trained there there are there are plenty of bass solos in classical music mm-hmm. there's there's whole concertos written mm-hmm. you know I mean you know that, that are nothing but that I mean there are plenty there's plenty of solo works written in classical form
0: mm-hmm. um, in jazz you get plenty of solos you got too. you got stuff yeah, there too yeah. but
1: not every song is supposed to have a bass solo mm-hmm. in and especially at a jam yeah somebody's gotta keep track of where one is Mm -hmm. you know and depending on who the drummer is it may not be the drummer, (laughs) you know it 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 just depends so probably one of my biggest pet peeves is people trying to play too much yeah you know if if, it's more about the groove and the feel you know and if the crowd is not doing this then you ain't doing your job Mm -hmm. because this this is what they'll be doing they won't be doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> do 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 yeah, yeah. No, that's not no. Yeah. They're not yeah. going to go yeah. home humming your bass solo. Yeah, no. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna walk home, you know, like this. Mm-hmm. Well, the, that's you. That's your job. You know. Um, I I would say an, another tip, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier because this is, again my high school teachers. This is something that they told me to do. They said. Go home. Turn on the radio, and just start playing mm-hmm. along with whatever is being played. It yeah. Doesn't matter what station it is. Yeah. And as soon as a, a commercial comes up, flip it to the next channel. I don't care what what it is. Yeah. What, and Figure it out. Play yeah, along yeah. with it. Yeah. And then flip the tent. Play yeah. along with it. Flip a little, you know. And m- my teachers that they had me do that for a couple of hours every day. Yeah. And you you get your ear training. Mm-hmm you get used to changing styles on the fly, mm-hmm. and you get a ton of different tunes in your head that you are, yeah. are getting experience playing. So 20 years
0: later when somebody says, you know that song from, oh yeah,
1: yeah. I do know
0: that song. Well, the, like that's that's really a skill. I mean, really, like it, it, I've had tons of people come up to me and go like, you guys get up at the jam, and like you just like, play it right now, like, I don't get it, you know, like, and, it, but we, we all know that it's, you know, when when you've learned 40 blues tunes, you've learned 800, really, you yeah. know, and so, like, there's some stuff, it's not just on, you know, right. you're not just getting everything dropped, you've played in C before, yeah. right, you've played a funky, whatever before, you know, sure, but still, that that's really a skill to be able to kind of jump up there, and, you know, okay, and you kind of, you know, Listen the key. Okay, yeah. here's the groove. All right, so that's sort of the structure. He's gonna come back to this chord. Then yep. he goes to that. Co- you know, and like that, that. I mean, that's a really good piece of advice to try to do that because that is so different from sight reading. Oh yeah, where they're telling you. Yeah. You know, where you're not guessing and cho- and and improv and sight reading are exactly opposite, yep. right? I yeah. mean, yeah. and But what you're doing isn't. It's kind of a combo because it's not really improv. Right. It, I mean, it is, but it's not. But it's also them not telling you either on a, pa- on a page. Right.
1: But it's, it's still based off of the theory mm-hmm. of structure. Right. You know, I know there's a four, I know, you know, it's not, this is just an example. It's a, it's a four measure phrase mm-hmm. as the intro and then it's 12 bar whatever. And then it's, you know, six bar bridge and then back to the 12, you know, whatever. So you know what the structure is. Mm-hmm. So you should be able to figure that, figure it out. But you've got to know all that basic stuff first. Mm-hmm. You've got to you've got to know your, your scales, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. I mean, it, it's a little different with. And this is a little bit of a cheat, but it, it, it's a little different with bass players as far as the number system, mm-hmm. um, because we can go from just a basic position, you know, with with. First, first finger being on on C, and then I and I, so I know where my two is. I know where my three, four, five, six. I know where everything is right there. I can do it all with three strings, no matter what. Okay. So if they change that, I mean, if it's not in C, if it's in E flat, well, now I know that all I have to do is as long as I've started on E-flat here with my one, mm-hmm. I know that the two is still going to be there. Right, a three, right. You know, so it's a positioning thing for me. Guitar players, it's a little different unless
0: they're bar barcording everything. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, and for and us, that's a whole other skill. For, for us, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, we have, I mean, you go from, like, like you just said, on bass e flat to e or you know d to d sharp whatever is kind it's not the same but it's kind of the same you just go loop and then everything is yeah for us like it's just like piano i mean yes g playing in g and then playing in g sharp sucks Sucks. you know i mean you're on everything is now different you know and for us it's the same thing right so that's why we've got to you yeah
1: and you've got to know you know if you're in you know if instead of playing in g now all of a sudden there's a change and it's it's up a half step, mm-hmm. you know, whether you want to call it, right. you know, what, if you go to that, then as a guitar player, you've got to know not just where the position is, but you've got to know what the name of that chord is, mm-hmm. how yeah. to get there from here. Do I want to do that inversion or mm-hmm. not? You know, mm-hmm. and then one of my favorite things for guitar players is, I'll, a lot of times I'll just holler over at them and put it on the song say play the wiki wiki chords you know well, you know which to me that's anything above the 7th fret wiki wiki,
0: wiki oh wiki. yeah yeah right right yeah and i 70s always funk kind of yeah story, yeah know.
1: and i always i always tell them do you, do you remember when i have given away my aging, and i said do you do you remember the cartoon, the Cosby Kids, mm-hmm. and Rudy the guitar player? Mm-hmm. He always he, he played their wiki 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 chords mm-hmm. on everything he was doing. That's all he did it was tickie, 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 you know. So for him, it would really be different because mm-hmm. he's got yeah. all this other stuff to do. <laughs> so, but it all goes back to the theory and at least knowing what the mm-hmm. the structure of that stuff yeah. is, mm-hmm. you know. And it's I mean I I still I learned something new. Every day on that stuff, I did. It's just, You've got to. It just there's so much of it. You you'd think it would be simple, because there's only eight notes or twelve. Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It is. <laughs>
0: Music repeats a lot, or else no one would even be able to do it. Yeah, you got to have some sort of similarity, or else you you know. But uh, boy, it it seems like it's kind of endless. Oh yeah, yeah. More more, you know, the more you don't know, you know.
1: But you you can get to a certain point where it's like, oh okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. I and I've had that happen to me a dozen times. Mm -hmm. Easy, that it's just like oh okay. I was doing that wrong Mm -hmm. all these years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, how much easier is this? If I'm thinking about it this way, it's, you
0: know, it's easier. Yeah. So So you were were talking a little bit earlier about, like, the olden days or whatever. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I've heard, so one of my buddies tells me this all the time, and I've said this on the show, so sorry if I'm repeating myself, but uh, he was like, He's like, man, in the '90s, our band was terrible, and we were playing six nights a week. Yeah, you know, and that—that's just one of many yeah. things I've heard from from older people than me about what it was then and what it is now, and yeah, and the the, the you know, there's some, there's some stuff that is possibly better now than before. Like for example, how mu- how much you could how fast people can learn stuff now. I mean you can sure like uh, the story she tells is sitting there on the the record trying to get words off the record Absolutely. and then going like oh whoops two songs earlier, up gotta you know, wait, no, hold on. No no no, go back. Oh, I <laughs> tore up a bunch yeah. of records doing that. Oh, the, yeah. Stuff like that is yeah. like a thousand times easier. Oh, and, yeah. and the one like uh, this other guy in Wichita, one of my buddies said, uh, he's like, so we had, we had Jimmy Hendrix, you know, we had like freaks in the seventies, but now we've got like super freaks, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> that are like Steve Vai and then, yeah. you know, guys like that that are just out of control. Good. You know, and because Jimmy Hendrix was fantastic, you know, but uh, but we have guys that'll like just absolutely destroy him now, you know, yeah. like guys coming out of Juilliard and crap, you know. Sure. But, uh, t- talk a little bit about like kind of the olden days, like gigging and stuff. Or well, see, and
1: Jimmy, and a lot of people don't realize this, but Jimmy was uh, originally uh, one of the first gigs that he ever did was he was a uh, rhythm guitar player for
0: mm-hmm. Little Richard oh I didn't know that yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean you look back through some of
0: the old you know so black and white 50, videos so and stuff. 50s yeah yeah wait
1: yeah. Uh, early, hey, 60s. early 60s yeah yeah. yeah early 60s and stuff yeah I mean that that's how he you know he again getting the basics getting the skill you know and yeah. progressing you know it it's kind of, it, taking pride and ownership in your own in your own in your own, in your own skills your own mm-hmm. skill level your own talent you know because it, it is a talent but it's a it can be a honed talent, mm-hmm. too. You know, it. We're not just born that way. We're oh, I'm gonna be no. You you can make it better. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to learn that stuff yeah. in the first place. But yeah, but yeah, in the, um, so let me see. Yeah, so that place back when I first started that, the first house gig that I ever did was a place called Club Michaels on Forty Highway, and it was. Six nights a week, mm-hmm. um, and it was four hours a night, and I was underage. I wasn't. I wasn't twenty one. Right. But the loophole back then was, if you had a union card, mm-hmm. they couldn't keep you off the stage, but you couldn't. You you had to be in the dressing room on the break. Oh. Yeah. Which so they had a little room behind yeah. the, behind the band set zone. But that Which play. was no. Which was they, no, they let you play. Yeah. yeah which yeah, was no yeah. big deal. So that was that was an experience. That was a lot of education there. And I'm I'm not even going to go into that because I'm not sure if the statute of limitations yeah, is up on all of Um But but that, that was that was a great experience because you were forced into learning new songs every week mm-hmm. uh, of some at least one or two because the stuff would get old and the people that would come in there were pretty much always the same people. Yeah. Um, so you had to be the live jukebox, as it were, mm-hmm. and keep up to date on the latest stuff, along with the, all the older stuff that they wanted to hear, mm-hmm. whatever it was they wanted to hear. So it was a good training ground for that. Around that same time period, there was um, there was a lot of places that you could play. There was a place over off of Merriam Lane, um, that I had a house gig at with Bob McCarty and the Fun Company for several years, called Miss Kitties, and I think it's still there. I don't think it's called Miss Kitties now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a six night a week gig, uh-huh. and sometimes it was two floor shows on the weekend, mm-hmm. like Friday Friday night, Saturday night. We would do a regular show show with um, little comedy skits musical comedy skits thrown Mm in, um, and you do two shows, Friday and Saturday. There was a place out in Olathe called Matt Dillon's, and they were seven nights a week. Yeah, yeah. There was,
0: uh, John Nichols played out there. Because I've heard, like, they always talk about a bunch of guys, but like, Duke Ellington, like, had the Cotton Club. Yeah. You know, and and that's the same thing you're talking about, where it's like, it's not that this is his club, it's almost like it's Duke's club. Right, yeah. In a way. Yeah. And, and that, and, that is a big difference now between uh, whether like attention span really of, sure. of the public, you because sure. like I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that would work now. I, it, it, I don't know. It probably know, like,
1: wouldn't, mm-hmm. um, because so much of that has changed. Technology has mm-hmm. has really killed part of that. The economy killed a big part of that too, because the clubs they just weren't people weren't going out because yeah. they didn't have the money. Yeah, you know. Plus, you know, cracking down on DUIs and all oh, that yeah, kind of stuff, yeah. and uh, so a lot of people just found another way to do what they were doing, at going to Westport and going club to club to club to club to club. Yeah. That was another one because you could. There were house gigs down there in Westport at four or five different places. There were regular house gigs, mm-hmm. that that, um, and it was kind of funny because there were like two or three main agents that had control over mm-hmm. probably a dozen bands each. Yeah. And so they would just move yeah. from place to place to place. But they were still working. They were still working five, six nights a week at the sure. different places. A lot of them down on the plaza
0: also sure. were that. And long. now they have, we still do this a lot of places where they'll have, like, for example, Green Lady Lounge Lab have, right. you know, um, somebody... Seven o'clock on Friday, consistently right. until they decide to drop them or whatever. Or uh, Phoenix does that a lot. Like yeah, McFadden yeah. at four thirty. Yeah, like, BB. BB's does BB's BB's, that. BB's, with, with, you, know, yeah. you know, with Mama And then Raya obviously and, all the jams uh, do that where they'll have like a consistent night where you have your gig and you're, you know, and so they'll still kind of do a little bit of that. It yeah. it's pretty consistent, but. Um, we lost
1: a lot of rooms. Though. We lost yeah. a lot of, I mean, Cowtown Ballroom Mm -hmm. I mean there was there was there was some great places to play and there was a lot of there was a lot of really cool um, after-hours clubs that you could go play and that was that was really cool because you could you could play uh, eight to twelve or a nine to one gig and then run across town Mm -hmm. and play somewhere else till three in the morning yeah. You know? And, and, and then I, go have breakfast. And I think about that yeah, and I think about
0: this too, because that that's one thing that's different. You you mentioned about the, the DUI laws, is that and this is what I think this is my opinion of what killed the entire rock movement of like the sixties is everybody's oh, yeah. like, What are we doing? you know oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like Axel Rose tearing up hotel rooms and stuff. It's like yeah. what what are we doing, man? Yeah. Acting like and the after hours thing is the same point. Is that, notice how I bet the twenties was just nuts. Okay. Like the jazz clubs and stuff. I wouldn't even want to guess what was going on. You know, all the, oh, yeah. all the speakeasies and crap. But now, you know, everybody notice how the jazz clubs are all, you know. Yeah, and they, they come and in have her her and have their two drinks and, and, and everybody oh hmm, you know, and then yeah. hit. and but now it, it's I, I think everybody's sorta of, sorta of wised up that you you just can't yeah, you know, I mean you're, you're yeah you're dead at thirty six. I mean yeah, you just yeah, can't you just yeah. can't act like that and be out all right yeah. and I would guess that because I've heard this too is that crime just wasn't the same. You know, I mean, there there was a different kind of a different kind of thing going on in the twenties. But for sure, uh, I hear people talking about them sleeping out on their fire escape in oh, New yeah. York City in 1969. I mean, and nobody is giving them crap uh-huh. ever. And oh, then they're oh. like, "You walked through that park at night." They're like, "Yeah, it yeah. wasn't the same." You know, no, it wasn't so you same. know, so that that's something that I've as a young guy, you know, it's hard for me to. You know, yeah I' I've always, I've always really
1: got off on that that whole time period anyway mm-hmm. the 20s and the 30s like right. that. I've, I, I, I love the cars I love the way they dress, I love the music the, the whole vibe yeah. is just so I, I don't know you know' I don't, I don't know that I believe totally in reincarnation ish <laughs> stuff but you know if there is something like where we revolve back around or something, I think i i i had to have something to do with that time period <laughs> yeah, somewhere because yeah, yeah. it's funny. just i mean you just the the music
0: and just the yeah. the vibe and the feel just, yeah that was straight up middle of oh, middle of yeah. the jazz you know yeah. revolution right there 20s oh, yeah. and 30s but uh yeah i so like i'm always fascinated by why because because like right now I'm i'm wondering with all of us that because I've been thinking about a lot about like personal responsibility lately and the idea of when you hear a lot of guys in the scene going like, you know, these club owners and data da, and they just start going into their, you know, basically the reason why they're not where they're at is because of other people. Yeah. You know, is what they what they're basically meaning. And then yeah. you have other guys that maybe can like myself sometimes that can probably go too far the other way where I'll go, yeah, I'm just not working hard enough and then But then I get maybe, you know, try to think about like back in even the 90s, you know, you guys were working six nights a week and now there just isn't those gigs, you know. And so there's a little, I I think even some of us can maybe get to, I mean, what do you think about that? Can some of us get too hard on ourselves and realize that. It is just different now, and it's not a hundred percent. It may be eighty, but it's not a hundred percent your fault that you're not gigging seven nights a week. Right. What do you think about that? No,
1: that that's that's very true. I, I think part of that though is where we are. We're. I mean, Kansas City wise Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. We're here because if you if you go to Nashville, and to some degree, if you go to Memphis, um, if you go to go to you know. Orlando area, Tampa area, mm-hmm. you know, Key West area. Depending on, depending in, you know, even those places, depending on the season, mm-hmm. you know, there there are gigs down there. There mm-hmm. there are you know, in the West Coast, East Coast too, probably. Yeah. But I'm thinking better weather and an in the industry is different there. Oh yeah. yeah. So the whole music industry is not the same. Is, is not the same here now as what it was then. Um, and, and that affects all of that. I mean, it it trickles it trickles down um, because you can you can go to Nashville and and y- I'm not saying that anybody can go and get you know oh yo, yeah you can be working down there six nights a week yeah you got to be pretty good but you, yeah. you can find a gig and you can work any of those nights you can work every single one of those nights. But it may not be the kind of money that you think you're going to be. Yeah, yeah, A lot of those cats, because there's so many of them concentrated, they're all trying to get to the same place. It's like pushing them through a funnel. Mm-hmm. You know, The I would say the majority of them down there working those clubs, they're working for tips. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. They're working for tips. And they may run three or four bands through a club a night, mm-hmm. you know, starting at six o'clock. And then that... Poof. Yeah, you know, clear up till three. They'll just start rotating, you know, three hours, three hours, three hours, all the way through. But they're all working for tips, yeah. you know, or the door, you know, which... Right. They're yeah. basically working for tips. Right. So if, you, if you're working for the door, you mean you're working for you tips. You know, I
0: thought about this too, because when, when my buddy and I went down to the Ozarks, I bet the Ozarks would be really similar to like the Key West, Florida area, where, because here... You you try to build up your fan base, but your your fan base has seen you like four times in the last four yep. months. But down there, everybody's new. It's tourist area, and right. so like because because we all have to deal with the bring people to the club crap. Sure, you know that that all the club owners. But down there, it was funny in the Ozarks. You know, we didn't get the. I mean, we we like barely never got asked that. Right. ever because no. they don't care they they're, they're going to be full this entire summer the whole time you know right. yeah and so they don't even care they want you to be good down there yes and but up here everybody's like are you good and they're like oh yeah yeah we'll get to that so how many of you bring you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know they don't even care if you're good you know like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 okay yeah uh, but anyway you know like true, yeah. you know so i mean that would be a whole different thing because because the, what they have in the ozarks i think what all the musicians here think it should be Right, we're only responsible for, play, you know, keeping your crowd and yeah. da, 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 you know, and then, but but you're not worried about keeping your crowd. You're the bar owner, right? You're yeah. only worried about bringing you, you know, and so, but I agree. Like there's 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 good and bad with this, ta- you know. there Yeah, City, you've got you
1: know. to. You yeah, and you've got to. There again, you've got to. That's where the business part of the music right. business comes in. You've got to be smart enough. Savvy enough to know how to work that and to mm-hmm. to be just be honest and be realistic about. It. I mean, you, you can't go into a club and say, "Oh, yeah, we've got we've got 300 people that follow us around everywhere." Because if if there's only 299 that show up, they're going to be pissed at you, right, right. you know. So why even do that? I mean, mm-hmm. just just be honest and tell them, "Yeah, we've got some people, but you know, yeah. the football game's on this week." Right. You know, you could be. You know, um, I'm going to pick a pick a band. One of my favorite bands. You could be the Nace Brothers. Mm-hmm. Okay, if it's a Chiefs home game and
0: they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. you You're may done. or may not yeah, have yeah, enough yeah. people
1: to pay the band come through the door.
0: See, and we've talked about that too because every every, every and that's every week, not the band's fault, right? But it's, but it's this Friday, it's raining, right? Yeah. And that's Friday, yeah. it's the Chiefs. Yeah. And then this Friday, Justin Bieber's in town. And then right. this Friday, da, 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 yeah. you know, it's like something every time. And so, so would you say that a good piece of advice then is don't guarantee number of people. Yeah. Just don't do it, right? right. You're, yeah. you're telling them, I, I mean, you, you certainly, I'm not going to get, I mean, you just sit there and yeah. tell them, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't, know. I can't tell
1: you how many people are going to come in or not. I, cause I don't know. I don't have control over those people. Right. I don't, I don't know. I've got this many people who have clicked like and and interested and going on my Facebook page, but that doesn't mean that they're going to
0: show up. So you tell them, you tell them what your advertising is, right? We're we're advertising here, 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 here. And, and show it. Yeah. Show it to them. Yeah. That kind of thing. So on, on that idea that I, like I was saying before we started, I'm, I'm probably going to end up, I I might end up writing it writing a book here at some point about music or whatever. And I'm trying to come up with like a top 10 list of like what makes a great musician. And then also maybe a top 10 list of what makes a great band. Like what are the qualities? And one of my big things that I've been really frustrated with since I got out of college is all this business stuff you've been talking about and that none of us know anything about. And we're forced to, you know, we don't care about anyway. You know, we, we want to play music beautifully, like, you know, and, but we don't, And so what are, what are some, like, let's, let's, let's talk about like bands specifically. What are, what are some qualities of a band that you would think that they, that pretty much all of them, all of, all good bands have?
1: Well, to, to me, they've got a, they've got, somebody's got to be the leader. Somebody's got Mm -hmm. to be the final word. regardless. It doesn't work. It, it it does to a certain extent, but you've got, the way I've always done it when I was running bands is that it, I, I want input, I encourage input from everybody, but i still got to make the business decision on this, and it's my name on the contract, yeah. and if something goes wrong, they're going to be talking about me, not somebody that I hired for the gig, you know, so it's my ass on the line. Right. So... You know, I, I want all those suggestions, I need all those suggestions, because that's going to make all of us feel like we're part of it, because that's important. We are. I mean, it's a it's a team right. a team thing. But somebody's got to be the point guy. Yeah. Somebody's got to be the first one in the door. Right. And so, um, that person has got to have the right kind of um, mental attitude mm-hmm. to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And to deal with club owners and know when to get pissy and when not to get pissy, mm-hmm. and and kind of be a, a good politician and a good a good a good handler of people within just the band, yeah. so that you can do the band business, mm-hmm. you know. So one of the one of the things is you've you've got to have a you've got to have a leader. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to be the guy. Yeah. And, and it can be a girl too. It doesn't doesn't matter. Sure. So, somebody's got to be the guy. Um, but then the probably the, the number two thing, even even maybe more important than having decent equipment is you got to be able to li- you got to listen to each other on stage. Mm-hmm. You just
0: have to. Playing wise. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah.
1: got to. Because if you're putting out a bad product, mm-hmm. nobody's gonna buy. Yeah. Because yeah. they can go right next door or wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, there and and I think a lot of people have gotten away from that. Is that, wow, well, we, oh, this is okay. Let's do it this way. Eh, but mm-hmm. how does that really sound right. to everybody else? You know, you're you're trying to sell something. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to sell your sound. It's a product. Mm-hmm. You know, there the public is to some degree smart enough to know what they like and what they don't like. Right, yeah. You know, they they may not know why, right, but they know what they like and what they don't like. Yeah. And if they don't like it, they're not going to buy it. So, you know, put yourself in that position, be smart enough to listen to the cur- you know, to the other people, but listen to yourselves on stage too and make sure that you're doing things the right way. Also, n- another Another talent that was really lost, and I learned this from people that I was with on the road, old, much older people that that were running the show, and that is being able to read the crowd. Mm. You know, there's too many people that they will write out a set list and this is the first song and then this is the second song and then this mm. is, you know, you know I, I'll give you a great example. um uh, Wednesdays, I play with Carl Butler down at the Gospel Lounge at Yeah, And it, it's kind of a running joke. Is it, we, we used to, Carl would send out a, a list, you know, because we always do like 45 minutes the first half of the show, and then whoever the guest artist is comes up and does the rest of the show and that kind of thing. So the core people, which is Carl, um, Greg Schauber, George Lapp, me, and then every other week, I, sw- I swap off with um, uh, John, and why can't I remember his last name right now? That's terrible. I'll remember it in a minute. <laughs> um, but we swap off <laughs> weeks uh, playing bass. But with the the running the running joke is is we'll send out a list of okay, well here's the here's the twelve songs that we're gonna do, you know, so that everybody kind of has a clue. We might end up doing two of those
0: songs. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> Land out the window. Yeah, and we do,
1: and that's because we may have some other people come in mm-hmm. that we know that they love this and this They're and right, this right. and this and this, and that's why they came. They came to hear us do this song this way, you know. Um, so the, the it energy, can all switch. Yeah, and it can all switch during the set. Yeah, and so it's it, this goes back to you know having your skills set
0: down. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just. It, Flip that in two You know, seconds. if yeah. it's,
1: you know, I mean, we, we may play one song and Carl may turn and say, Wichita lineman, poof, yeah. and here we go. And it's nowhere on the list. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, you've got to be able to do that. So being prepared for those things, being able to read the crowd and know who your audience is, because your audience can flip.
0: Yeah, right. Four
1: or five times a night, even
0: at a jam. Yeah. Even at a w- jam. One thing that I found is that, uh, and this is I think what happens with a lot of bands is, nobody really has any clue what the goal is, you know, and that that really drives me nuts. And I think True. the the I think because I've said this before, and this is my opinion, I think the number one reason why bands drop is just personality differences and they can't work it out. And for any number of reasons, but but it's really that they just can't figure it out. Right. But I think one of the reasons for that, again, we, I was talking about the starting premise. I think the starting premise of that is that you didn't set the goals to, to, begin, to with. begin with. Like for example, the, the leader you're talking about, that okay, we are gonna be a band that yada 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 you know and, and then yeah. you know the or for example we're going to be the weekend warrior because we all have jobs and that's yep. fine Yep. you know and this is great or we're going to be a band that i i want to get on main stage knuckleheads friday night show you know not sprint center but main you know yeah. or at these you know 800 1600 dollar festival kind sure. of a level um eventually in the next two years, yeah. you know, how, you do get that, there? how do I get there? Yep. And there's these 30 steps, make an album, maybe we get a banner, maybe we, yep. you know, how are we going to advertise, you know, and we, we set this goal, the, this goal down here and it can be two, four years, you know, you, it, you don't know when you're going to get it, but you know what the goal is. Right. And I found that that's what happens a lot because a lot of, a lot of bands go, well, I thought we were going to be a band that gigs a lot, and the guy's like, "Well, why the hell would you think that?" Yeah, yeah, because that's not what I think. Yeah, you know, I want to stay in the basement. Yeah, and just jam. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, um, that's what, true. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this guy has a very different idea of what's going to happen, or the and then or what is happening. what is happening? Yeah. You know, and I thought that I thought that you wanted to push this. Well, you know, and. So what what do you think about that? Do you think that's like huge, like setting a goal like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think I think uh,
1: it's it's always important because you gotta you gotta know where you're going, where you're gonna go. Otherwise, yeah. you're just treading yeah. you're treading water. Now there may be times where that's all you want to do. Mm-hmm. We just want to tread water with this. Let's just keep this going for as long because it's working the way it is. You know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, Olders, and there's something I have three kids. There's, you some, know, yeah, there's something to be, be said for that. Yeah. The, the jam at Christine's, um February something or another, I think. It's it's coming up on six years. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You know? And and um we've we've gone through uh, one one trans one real transition which was right before I came in. So I will have been with them for five years. Mm-hmm. And the second real transition was moving the club right around the block, you know, so working with the club owner, you know, It so what our goal with that was, was just to have a jam that's pretty much full every Thursday. Boom. You know, we know, we know we're going to have at least five to 10 players that show up and, and want to come through and play. And Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of, that, that was really what our goal was, was just have a good solid gig, that stays a good solid gig on a Thursday night, on a Thursday night interested. that we can, yeah. that we can kind of control yeah. the time frame, and we can still get up on Friday morning if we need to for yeah. whatever and not be totally wasted. And, 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 and to keep the thing, you know, just keep it going. So tread and water is not always a bad thing. Right. You know, it depends on what you want to do. Um, you know, we could probably pick that up and we have, um, pick that up and move it to other places on other nights of the week we've done that a couple of times just um, trying to help the clubs out that they've they actually came to us and said can you come here on a Tuesday night and do what you do well mm-hmm. we'll come try it who knows if it'll work yeah you know it, right. sometimes that does sometimes it doesn't but having having the goal like you said that's extremely important especially if you're especially if you're a young band and you're you're wanting to get out of town mm-hmm. if you're wanting to yeah if you're wanting to hit the road and try and make a name for yourself that's a whole different yeah. thing that's a whole different thing See, and i i guess you've got to have some logistics oh yeah in yeah, place yeah, yeah you've got to know exactly what and you've got to be it's got to be well planned you've got to know okay if this happens then here's our backup for that if this happens here's our mm-hmm. backup for that you know if we travel from here clear to North Dakota and we get up there and there's another band from Florida that's already there set up because it got double
0: booked. Now what? Well, you've got to have those plans. So to me, I don't think the plan is as important as that everybody knows the plan. You know, like that, and because that's what I, because in all the bands that I, I have a plan. I always have a plan. You know, I always have a goal and what I want to get out of this. And, you know, and then, but we know, I, th- I think like there's a lot of people in the world that don't like conflict, man. They they just avoid oh. it to the end, so that conversation never happens. Right. You just hope that everybody's just kind of kind of get on board, oh, yeah. and oh yeah, they don't always get on board, and then and then the other one that I would that that is uh, my biggest piece of advice to any younger person is get get on your business crap because nobody knows anything about it and how to advertise, how to come at the bar owner, how to you know uh, and like. That's that's yeah. Getting back to the top ten list thing, you know, that right. would be on my list. Is is figure out what you're doing. Like what, what are you? Yeah. you know, you want to be a jazz guy, but yeah. you're just not, Rob Foster. <laughs> you know, you're just not. And, and I don't so, know. I heard you play. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more than some people, but but uh, realizing that you know, country, blues, rock kind of stuff is stuff I do very very well, and I kind of can kind of do that. You know, so. You know that, that's one, and then realize you know how you're gonna get it. If that's the case, then why We're, are you talking to all these jazz guys? Yeah. Well, no, you know no, no. it's I mean? always you know it's always I mean? good to do that though. But where can I fit? It? Where
1: can I yeah. fit in? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, but I, you know what I mean. I'm,
0: I'm being silly, but uh, but yeah. So the, the business stuff. I mean, it, do you, do you think that's a place where a lot of people get stuck? Like that they just won't advertise. They just don't know how to work. The internet and they, they just have refused to for the last 20 years to get up yeah to date, I, right?
1: I, I don't know if it's that they they don't necessarily know how I don't know if if you're you know under the age of I'm gonna say 65 I, I don't know how you can't know yeah you know I mean I, I know I know some players that are still out there and they play one to two gigs a week Every week and they're in their 70s and they're online all the time yeah, yeah. advertising their gig yeah you know so it, it, I, I think it's more of not wanting to or not yeah not having the drive yeah, yeah. to do it uh, maybe not seeing the big picture right mm. uh, and or maybe just not caring about you know no. they
0: just want to uh, I just want to show up and play because oh, okay because i've been i've said this on the show too is i i look at it the whole band thing like a car where you don't have your steering wheel you're done your tires you're done if you don't have seats you're done you know yeah. it's like every part is so critical and so i've i've been in bands where you know maybe the players were great you know music selection good yep. you have everything except for we didn't advertise the damn thing yeah and then we're done you know, yeah. or we have everything, but we don't go look for gigs. You're done. Yeah. You know, you have you have the advertising, and you have all this stuff, but your players suck. Suck. You know. Yeah. You know. So it's like that, that's what I'm trying to kind of get out of sure. my top ten list is what are those ten things yeah. exactly, and and noticing the, you know, maybe you know, so, someone, someone like a kiss, you know. They have the marketing down better than anybody in history, right? Yep. They have their stage show. They look great. right? You know, they have their their uh, um, their shtick, right? They have a shtick on their thing, right? They have some charismatic people on stage. They have, you know, you yeah. know for them, I, I don't know, maybe they're, you know, songs or, you know... <laughs> I always joke. I mean, you take the fire, take away the tongue, yeah. take away the costumes, and what do you got? Well, wow, some pretty average music. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, and you know, but their state. I mean, their concerts oh, yeah. are bonkers. The, you show, know? I mean, awesome. yeah. the show was awesome. the show is great. Yeah. So, so we're probably probably getting pretty close here. Do you do you have a real uh, crazy gig that you played at some point, or one you'll never oh, forget, man. or I'm sure you have a million of those. You know,
1: um, I I've, I've got some some. Yeah, probably most of them I can't say, but um pg thirteen version. Well, no, there's there's always um, well you always have bandmates that try to get you in trouble, you know, like especially if you're on the road or something, and they'll because you, you come up with these weird things on the road to you know to 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 kill the time and to, you know the the, the mm-hmm. dairy and stuff, but you know a lot of times it's just a bandmate that's means well, but you know, they do something they probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I tell a story about, and it, it, she's heard me tell it a million times. One of the bands that I was in with the house gig at, at Club Michaels was uh, Jan Lamb. Oh yeah, yeah. And she's heard me tell this story so many times, it's funny. I always tease her that she's the, uh, I always blame her that she's the reason that I ever started Ever drinking alcohol, because I was—I think it was my seventeenth or eighteenth birthday or something like that—and we were playing there, and um, uh, (laughs) somehow she managed to get the bartenders to go along with this. It it must have been a night that the Michael, the owner, was not there, Mm -hmm. Um, but it it was—it was a birthday, and she she had them. Line up at the beginning of the night before our first song, she had them line up seventeen jelly bean shots, which <laughs> tastes like a, a black jelly bean. Yeah. Which I don't like black licorice mm. anyway. Yeah. But she had them light line up seventeen of them, and with a jelly bean shot, at least back then they would they would light them, and mm. a lot of the alcohol would burn off. But it was a cool thing, and yeah. you know, so. She had them come out, and they lined them up, and just had me, ooh. F- 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 like Lord. in a row, right? Yeah, ago. just oh. boom, 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 boom. And I'm told that it was a great night, and that we all had a wonderful time. I couldn't tell. You. Oh, wow. Because that would have hit you like a ton of bricks, God, I'm sure. Yeah. God, God love her. She, um, she made sure and uh, had called my dad ahead yeah. of time oh, yeah. and said, here's what we're going to do. And, you know, being a musician, he'd always, he had always told me, you know, don't, you know, just don't do it, you know, number one. And because it's it's trying to play when you're drunk is, mm-hmm. it's never hard. yeah. And, uh, okay, Dad, that's, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, and I up to that point, I never really did. But it, he had always told, he always had a rule that if you ever get to that point, call me. I will come pick you up. I don't care. I won't be mad. Blah blah blah. Just don't drive because if you do and you get stopped, don't call me. Yeah, because I will not come and pick you up. Your ass will sit in jail. Mm -hmm. And so that always stuck with me because I've, I did whatever he said because he was huge, Mm -hmm. and um, she had gotten a hold of him before this and told him what, and he showed up. Uh, about halfway through the first set mm-hmm. and stayed for the rest of the night, took pictures had a great time that yeah. was great he yeah. said he said, "Oh yeah, you were having a great time <laughs> so that was that was kind of a cool one that i i always I always tease her about every time I see her um, a kind of an interesting one um I did a whole we were on the road, and we got a gig playing at um, Mackinac Island up in Michigan and uh it's the it's a little island. You know the if you think of the map of Michigan and it's got that little creek right up at mm-hmm. the top. Yeah. That's that's the island. Okay. It's, the whole thing is a national park. Um we we were up there one whole summer for that season and played up there and stuff. And there were a lot of historical things there to go and see, so that was really fun. But it was really cool because the um, part of it was still going on when we were there, but they had they were just finishing up um, filming a movie with uh, Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour. It's called Somewhere in Time, I mm. think is what it is. And the whole thing was filmed on that island. So there okay. was all kinds of movie yeah, sets yeah. that they had built and all the locations. Mm. And the place where we were playing was one of the places that was in the movie. Oh, cool. And so it was kind of cool with, with all of that stuff. We got to meet just a ton of people there. Though. Yeah, wow. Um. You know, and then traveling around and doing some of the do doing some of the the country shows that that we were doing, um, we would do we would be the the band for a lot of the a lot of the artists as they would come through because mm-hmm. they would just tour by themselves yeah and they would use a pickup band basically sure. but we were the house band yeah so we did that quite a bit down at um, uh, Middle Creek down at mm-hmm. um, uh, with with EI, Chastain, amazing guitar player, and Bobby Demoss, Brad Meadows on drums. Um that was a really that was a really cool gig. We did uh, uh, T Graham Brown uh, Jimmy Fortune uh there was a bunch of other ones I can't remember them all. Mm-hmm. Um you know some of the other stories I I, I can't I, I, you know, well, some of them I can't say, that. but I uh, I mean there was there's a Holiday Inn in Birmingham Alabama that we will, I know I will never
0: be allowed to go back. To. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever seen like a massive bar fight? Like yeah oh, yeah yeah Those yeah. are the fun. The, I mean those are yeah. the good ones you know, where, yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: Just like um, in the Blues Brothers movie, You're except sure, yeah. no no chicken, chicken fancy across yeah, yeah, the yeah. front of the stage. Yeah, there's been stuff hurled, uh-huh. not even hurled at us, but it just missed its target and, whoosh, oh, wow. you know, but it sticks in the wall and, you, whoa, okay, <laughs> you know. And they're again being able to read the crowd, you know, just like they did in the movie, you know, toss the time, or whatever, yeah. something to make everybody stop, you know. Sweet Home Alabama, you know, one of those songs that everybody knows. Mm is usually a good thing to start playing in yeah, the lab. Yeah, that's interesting. You yeah, know? So everybody
0: gets back on the same side. It just kind of gets them, yeah. you know, gets them out of the... That's it, interesting. Takes out of it. Doesn't always work, yeah. but, but sometimes it does. So you, and you mentioned, and we haven't talked about this a lot in the show, and we should, is is the the deal with, like, kind of drugs and alcohol in the music scene. I mean, it's really been a huge yeah. part of music like, yeah. ever since the beginning of time, probably. But. Yeah. Like uh, and especially, obviously, the speakeasies. I mean, oh yeah. yeah, they went. You know, super hand in hand. But like, that's really been a. It. I'd bet you know, obviously through the whole sixties and seventies. I mean, it was a major, major issue with you yeah. know, Mor- Morrison yeah. and Hendrix and like all these people who yeah. overdosed and like. It was.
1: And, it was there. It was always there. Um. You know, and at the age that I was when I was on the road, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, through like. 22, three, four. Um, I probably, I could have and had plenty of opportunity to get my hands on anything and everything pff, mm-hmm. for nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think it was just the way that I was raised and maybe just my type a personality. I, I saw what it did mm-hmm. to the, to yeah. people. And it was like, I don't want to, Be that far out of control. Mm -hmm. I'm, but I've kind of mellowed now. Although some people will say (laughs) no, he's not. But I used to be way worse. Trust me. Um, I could be a control freak. Yeah. Real easy. Because kind of like having the plan. Yeah. You know. Ah, this is going to screw us up. Right. You know. We gotta. We gotta be on the bus at six o'clock tomorrow morning. If you miss that bus, they just keep going because they will pick up another player at the other end and you're off the tour. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the way it was. You know, so I saw so, I saw a lot of people lose their gig because of that. Sure. Yeah. You know? Because they would get so wasted that they wouldn't miss yeah. the bus the bus call. It's not even well that's mess- just stupid. To right, me, yeah. You know? Not now even- I I drank. hmm Yeah. Um but I was always careful that I would do it and this goes back to the control thing. I, I would only do it on my days off mm. when I knew I didn't have to be on the bus mm. for a couple of days. Yeah. So I knew I had, you know, time. And I didn't have to go anywhere. I'd be in the hotel room or I'd be in the hotel bar or whatever. Um, but I just, I never I never did fall all the way into that trap. Mm. And it probably just luck. But I just... I'd never wanted to be that far out of control, but some people that's they couldn't see any farther than, you know,
0: right now. Yeah, because I heard Wynton Marcellus say something really interesting on that Ken Burns jazz video, and he was talking about that. There, obviously, we're in a. I mean, we're obviously in an industry, and that this is like the only industry that there there is where where you can like drink on the job. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. and obviously the bartenders as well, but the but that's one, so it's around all the time when you're working and it's almost okay. I mean, it's literally okay. Mm -hmm. But the other one is that there, there's this thing that he was talking about. There's this thing that happens when you're kind of, you're kind of in your zone and everything is great on stage, right? You know, where, where you, you don't have to think about the what's happening tomorrow and your problems and you're in the music zone. And the same thing happens when you're like on drugs or whatever, yeah. you're, in a, you're in your high zone or, or drunk or whatever. And so he said that he wonders that, and I think he's hundred percent right is that's why when you get done with the gig, all your problems come back again, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And then, so now up oh, drink, you know, and yep. so you're now drinking again. And that's why so many of the guys get into addiction and stuff is cause they, they, they're in general avoiding yeah. You know, again, back to the starting premise kinda of thing. Is that yeah. their starting premise is I'm trying to avoid all my problems. My kids problems, my my inadequacies, my you know, and they're they're and that's why they love music is because I get to zone that out for four hours. Exactly. And I get to be in happy party bar mode, <laughs> you know, and I don't know, I I mean it, it no, sounds that's like very a thing, true. I mean it's I, I it's it's not it's not super deep, but it's kinda of deep, you know, of, of why Yeah, it's es- escapism. People... Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's exactly what it is, yeah. And and uh, and a lot of people. That's why they they use music as the escapism, just in general. And I think that may play back to what you were talking about. The people that, oh, I just want to play. We just want to be a jam band in our in the basement mm-hmm. because that's their way. Yeah, of escap- and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing if wrong it's, with it, that. Music yeah. the- there's a reason why it's called music therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's used for that right. as well. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you know, it, it, what is your goal? Yeah. Is, if that's all your goal is, knock yourself out. Yeah. Great. So if the, it's something different than that,
0: well, then you've got to get right. up to there. It's yeah. not So, the, so the problem is that's fine. As long as you had this, we're going to go somewhere goal and then you're not doing it, you know, don't look at me. Yeah. Right. Is that, I mean, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. don't, don't be bitching to me when yeah. you just want to sit here, but then you keep you know, yeah. keep chattering out of your mouth. We're going to, you know, I want to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, what is it? Because you can't have both. You can't have both. You can't do nothing. And mm-hmm. then one, the, you know. No, you can't um, have both. Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I loved it on the road. To, to me, that was, that was, that was great. That was, you know, being on a bus and traveling and, and, but that was a different time too, though. You know, the, the, the world was different. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the people were different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah people would actually talk to you. They had to, you know, they didn't have their, you know, they weren't doing this, you know, that'll be six through 39, you know, no, no, you know, Mm. they would talk to you. You go to a gas station, you may spend 45 minutes at a gas station talking to the attendant about stuff to do on your off day, you know, um, there were, we got to see a lot of cool places in this country and talk to a lot of cool people and and eat at some of the funkiest mm-hmm. restaurants that yeah. had the best food. Yeah, you know. And now you got people on the the Food Network making shows about mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Well, th- those places are really out there. Mm-hmm. And there was a time where you would travel and you'd find them on your own by accident. Yeah. Let's stop there, that one looks really cool. Well,
0: that's why you're talking, to the, like you just said, that's yeah. why you're talking to the guys. You want to find that diners, dives. Oh and
1: man, it was friends. some great things. And just like, great, great little places to, to to meet people. And I mean, there was there was more times than, than you could shake a stick at, that we would, you know, we'd pull into one of those and you get to talk, who are you guys? And, oh, we're in a band, we're on our way from fear to there. And, what kind of music you play? We don't really play this, you know. Oh, I like Country that song. Bye, 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 bye. Whatever parts. it was, yeah, both kinds of, <laughs> you know. And and we we you know grab some acoustic instruments off the off the bus and start playing, and we'd have just a little impromptu mm, thing. You know, fun. that's how you meet people. And, You know, that's it's that whole interaction with with people thing. That's mm-hmm. that uh, I think we the technology's great, but we've lost mm-hmm. that talent that art form mm. of being able to talk to people mm, yeah you know that's another reason why I think what you're doing here with this show is cool cause yeah you know maybe some of the younger ones people and some of the older ones will, will see some of these shows that you're doing and and hear about different ways of doing things or the old ways and, right. and it's not that necessarily that the old ways were better cause there was a lot of crap going on that was bad then mm-hmm. too yeah but at least we had to talk to each other. Yeah. You know, we couldn't go to our room and you wouldn't see anybody till the next gig, mm-hmm. the next night. Right. No, you, had, you were living with these people on the road. Right. You had to communicate. And, right. You know, we'd go out and shoot. That's how I learned how to play pool. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'd never played pool. I got to be a pretty good pool shark. Well, yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, that's but a, I was, that, I was learning from, the, yeah, not only was yeah. I
1: learning from the guys in the band yeah. who had been doing it for 40 years, but I was learning from the people that they were taking me into the pool halls mm-hmm. to meet, yeah. you know, and, you know, some old black guy that would, yeah, you know, if you do it this way, you get your, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. never thought of that. Well, th- yeah, thanks for saying that, man. I mean, I think this, this idea is Basically, the podcast revolution that's happening oh, yeah, right now, I yeah. think, is wonderful. You know, it's, it's uh, setting up. A, and I think one thing about that is that there's obviously a starvation for that right now, you know, or else yeah. nobody would be watching because they wouldn't care. Well, obviously, this deep conversation for, for more than five minutes, yeah. right, is, is something that's, that some people are absolutely fiending for right now. And that you know, I wanted to get in on that on a kind of a specific topic here with music. But, uh, but I think that's, I think you're hitting on something of nobody would have millions of views on their YouTube podcast if nobody cared about talking. Right. And apparently a lot of people are, you know, not talking right now. And yeah. everybody's like, dude, I'm fiending to just listen to some people that are interesting talk about something, you know, and learn something. Yeah. So, but, um, well, cool, man. I think that's probably, uh. That's probably about good. So uh, Thursday nights at Thursday Firehouse, nights, yeah. right? Firehouse, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, you guys should come check that out. It's a really fun jam. Uh, gone up there many times, and you guys are always really nice to me. Appreciate you letting me yeah, get up there and play. Yeah, sounds great. And, um, Steve McBride, thanks Thank for you, coming, bro. man. My pleasure. That was fun. Um, we'll be back next time. Uh, get out of here. See you.